Design Tribe, what is up? I hope you all are staying safe and staying home during all of this kind of COVID-19 craziness. I know that everyone is not going to be in the same boat, but I truly hope that you are thriving and that you're healthy and I'm sending you love and positive vibes right now. So for today's episode, we are discussing how to design in hospitality, which if you are looking to make a career change or if you're just kind of curious about finding which industry you want to work in um, as a textile designer or a surface pattern designer, then hospitality may be one that you maybe didn't think about. Uh, But hospitality is super fun because the projects are literally different every single time and it's one where you're never going to get bored. And so I'm super excited to have guests uh, Tom Etheridge and Katie Stewart from Art of Floors on today. And um, yeah, and if you're looking to watch the video and watch our Zoom call, you can head over to my YouTube channel. It's on youtube.com slash C as in Charlie slash Lauren Leslie. So if you want to watch the video, you're welcome to do that over on the YouTube channel. And this podcast episode will be the audio version of that. And so uh, let's dive in. Um, So welcome to the Design Tribe, everyone. This is the episode where we're going to be discussing how to design in hospitality, specifically with a special guest from Art of Floors, Tom Etheridge and Katie Stewart. And so um, if you guys are kind of dealing with this whole coronavirus thing right now, we just wanted to say that, um, you know, we feel you, we have empathy, and we're pretty lucky that we're able to kind of be able to work from our computers, but we are thinking about all of you that are not able to do that. Um, But for this episode, we kind of want to distract you from all the craziness. So we'll dive into designing in hospitality. And so the first question is for both of you. So feel free to kind of chime in. But from a design standpoint, how is hospitality really different from other industries, would you say? Okay. Katie, do you want to take it first or do you want me? Um, you know, from a designer point of view, I would say that one of the things that is, is a little bit different from working in residential or some other um, areas is that the functionality and the construction of the product is so much, almost like one of the most important pieces you start with rather than just working up to just the design. Um, with hospitality, you have to really find products that's going to be able to use in high traffic, when cleaning of rooms, you know, the the way that these, the wear and tear of these are so much different than what just goes into your home. Um, so the construction comes into play way more. And so you're, you're you know, that's one reason why um, we've locked down so many great construction and art of floors. Um, we, you look at sometimes the construction and then the design. Um, which is a little bit different. Um, so, um, and so the, the way that a designer comes to you with the direction of what you want, you might think of, well, what construction is going to go better in this situation? What what construction is going to work with this design, but then also be held up? Is it you know for, for high traffic of a lobby from a lobby to a a um, hotel room. So that's a little bit different. Um, I would say it's probably one of the first big differences um, that as a designer um, we really see. Um, Also sizing, 
is very different. Okay. You know, we're working with all different sizes. Um, from large sizes to weird shapes and like it's not just about repeating something out or blowing something up just to fit a large size it's a lot about how those things lay out because you're not just dealing with a square you're dealing with the whole lobby and the whole space and a lot of times designs work across the whole space and work together through the space and so um you're looking at some different ways of designing than just a normal repeat pattern gotcha Tom, what would you say, or what, do you have anything to add on to that? Just kind of how hospitality is different from maybe other industries? Yeah, Katie's absolutely right. Um, you know, you've got to get the construction right. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, the designers that we work with on projects, they always want, you know, the colors to be perfect, of course, you know, the design to be right. Um, you know, the hotel owners want everything to be Instagrammable now. I mean, it's got to be, you know, something just really cool over the top. Um, but we've got to protect them and make sure that the construction uh, that the rug's made in is appropriate, especially when you're talking about like lobby spaces where 10,000 people will be walking across that. And, uh, you know, the owner would be pretty upset if it didn't hold up in six months. So, you know, we're trying to build things that are basically bulletproof. And one of the things that we talk about is you can take just about any hospitality product and put it in your home in a residential setting, but you can't really just take a residential product, any residential rug or any other product and put it in a hospitality setting because of just those demands with the traffic and the abuse and the, uh, the wear and tear that these things get. So uh, yeah, I'd say that that's the number one thing. And the constructions that we offer, since we only do hospitality, we specialize in hospitality, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times the designer will ask, is this hospitality uh, grade? And they never have to worry about that when they work with us because we always, you know, everything that we're doing is centered around hospitality for the most part. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's good to hear. So in terms of hospitality, then you guys kind of just, you know, make sure that, like you said, it's bulletproof, not just in a hotel, but also maybe like in a law office or something like that that might have a lower traffic, but again, it's not gonna be a problem if you have lower traffic, for, for example. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And when I say, you know, we're doing mostly hospitality, you're exactly right, we're doing law offices and we're doing um, libraries and a lot of other things, not just hotels. A lot of people think of hospitality, it's like hotels is the first thing that comes to mind, but it, it does cover a lot of other uh, property types too, so yeah. Gotcha. So Tom, how did the idea for Art of Floors get started and kind of what role does creativity play at Art of Floors? Okay, um, I got into the hospitality business uh, about 20 years ago. Uh, the first company I ever started, we made cotton bath rugs for hotels. I mean, nothing <laughs> sexier than that, right? Hot uh, hotel bath mats. Um, <laughs> but a few years ago, I went to a company that, uh, I went to work for a company that is um, primarily a residential furnishings company and uh, my role was to bring hospitality to this company but at the end of the day they were still a residential company and hospitality was a very small portion of their overall business so you know the wheels were always turning what if um, you know what it, what would it be like to do this specifically area rugs um, in a capacity where this is really what we do this is what we specialize in and uh, that, I guess, is where the idea sort of uh, sort of formulated. And 
a couple years ago, we, uh, we got an opportunity to do a project for a hotel in Tacoma, Washington called Murano. And uh, it was interesting because um, the designer was in San Francisco and the property was in Tacoma, Washington. Katie was in Baltimore. I'm in Georgia. <laughs> Uh, we did this, this was a Providence Hotels property, so purchasing was in New York, factory was in India, and it was kind of like this grand experiment, you know, can we pull this off and, and really cool lobby rugs. So that was the first, uh, the first project that we ever like took a stab at and pulled it off all but seamlessly. And then that's when wow. I said, you know, we can really do this, we can make this happen. And um, we've had a lot of luck and been very fortunate since then, so yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So do you think that um, since you had so much success with the first project, that way that you'll just always be kind of a working remote company? Or do you ever plan on having kind of a an office? Well, I, I think we can. Um, you know, I think we can continue to expand exponentially just by, yeah. um, you know, we can add more designers who uh, obviously we have no problem working remotely. Katie and I share a lot of things by CAD or, you know, by phone or by, you know, we, we always work remotely. Um, and, uh, you know, we can continue to add new design um, people to that formula. Uh, the, the, we have really no limitations on production. Uh, most of our production is overseas and, and we partner with factories that specialize in different constructions. So for instance, uh, if it's a project that requires uh, a hand knotted, a very high end hand knotted construction, uh, we have one resource for that, hand tufted another resource for that. We work with uh, the best in the world. And um, so there's no limitations in terms of uh, production. So, um, yeah, cool. I, yeah, I think it's, uh, and it helps in times like this for sure. So exactly. Yeah. It doesn't disrupt your business at all. Exactly. That's yeah. Pretty awesome. Okay. So Katie, what are some design styles that hospitality clients are kind of drawn to? And why do you think that is? Well, with hospitality, like, you know, you see such a large range of styles because they're, you know, with one designer, one designer could have multiple projects that might come with us with questions or, you know, um, with looking at different um, things and they're totally different because they're designing for one, like he said, they're all over. It's one, the hotel could be, they might be designing, you know, a design house in Chicago or something and they're designing one location of, you know, a seaside or, and then one's like a lodge or something. So we see a really wide range and, and, you know, a lot of them, are going to be based on kind of what you know the, the hotels feel and look and but what we're kind of seeing more and more um is how the, the hotels start to really take from the the place that they're in bringing mm -hmm. like what's what's around them inside which we you know we see that a lot in our trends coming up um and across the board we see a lot of you know, a range of colors from soft color beige, a lot of the kind of the same things that we see across the board in residential, but just used a little bit differently um, throughout the hotels. Um, yeah. We've also seen a big pool, I feel like, of texture, a lot of, a lot of texture, which is interesting. Designers mm -hmm. wanting texture in hospitality, which is kind of not something we see as often because texture yeah. causes, you know, po um, you know, bumps harder to clean or, um, you know, but we've seen some designers wanting to have this texture, but still keep it 
um, you know, no trip and no all the same functionality. And so we have had to think about like what other ways we can bring that look into it design wise and and um, is it through a, a larger knot and a knotted rug to keep it to give it to that kind of like, you know, feel yeah. is it a woven that we can try to keep really, you know, um, do it, that it won't have like a tripping have the no curved edges. Is it through a hard twist? You know, we bring in bringing in this type of look, but keeping it still, the functionality and the, um, the um, hospitality grade, bulletproof type of construction. But we have seen a lot more of that. Um, I think it's a lot of bringing this homey feel inside of the, um, inside of the hotels, but we see across the board all different, all different styles and colors from a arts and crafts rug for like a lodge. And then you turn around and you see like a totally super, um, artistic paintbrush soft soft muted colored um type right. so you you do see a range of designs across the board um from from different projects which is exciting it, it you don't really get stuck with one type of look like you get to do from a designer point of view you get to do all different types of things which is really exciting each project is a whole new a whole new look and a design that you get to work with um which is really exciting that is exciting. It sounds like you would never get bored. <laughs> um, from I haven't, I don't have a history of working in hospitality, but the impression that I get is almost what you said is kind of the more sophisticated, kind of soft, neutral, um, kind of quiet looks. Everything from that to something that could be potentially like a little bit wild because you know it is a very specific designer's vision versus something that people have to go home and live with for the next ten years. Would that make, does that kind of I mean, we see make it. sense? I mean, we, we were, we've been working on our, and I'm sure we're going to talk more about this, our trend book. And we just, you know, looking more and more at hotels across, you know, domestically and internationally um, and seeing what they bring in. And, and, and you, yeah, you do see the soft more, um, um, sometimes you see the soft and the muted and the clean cuts and the very mm -hmm. kind of modern, but then you also see these really eclectic and folky and kind of fun, um, kind of wowing, like, you know, like they can wow right. you. Um, and it's a little bit different in a space of a hotel. You're thinking about if you're making, let's say like a 50 foot rug, you know, it's going to go into a huge, like a lobby space, you know, that the way you do design that is so different than thinking about like just a rug in a living room with all the right. other things around it. And you can really do some really fun things with those designs. You can really wow people with it. Um, and, and it's really amazing once we see the rugs. <laughs> into the space and it comes all together which can be so many months after the install day after we find when we first do the design to finally see the whole space and what the designer the rug that we did with all the other pieces together how it all comes together is, is it's so exciting when you finally see those install shots I bet I bet I bet um, okay so this question is for both of you but if a designer uh, would like to work in the hospitality industry, um, kind of since you were talking about how the styles have such a broad range, what are some essential things you might look for in a portfolio if you were going to hire, let's say like an entry level designer or even someone who's maybe been working for a few years, but maybe outside of hospitality, like what would you want to see specifically in hospitality in a portfolio? You want me to take that first, Katie? Sure, go ahead. Uh, all right. They have to be able to read people's minds. 
Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I say that in in seriousness because um, on these projects we're working with another designer who is mm -hmm. responsible for that that project and working with the who is working for the hotel owner ultimately um, or working for a brand and um, they usually have an idea in their mind of what they're looking for but they don't always just have uh, art to just hand over to us a lot of times they'll send inspiration images um, and so it's our job to interpret what it is that they're really after and sometimes those can be some pretty uh, obscure um, some pretty obscure photos <laughs> and, and things that they'll and sketches and things that they'll see. So, see, so, um, so the thing that I would say that uh, that one of the things you look for in a portfolio is just somebody who isn't necessarily locked into one style or one theme, and that's the only thing that they can do. I mean, they've got to have some versatility and uh, and be able to and be able to work well with other designers because again, it's it's easy for us to uh, to say, hey, this is how I would do it. Um, but you've got to take into consideration that not only are you working for somebody else, but they are working for somebody else too. So, gotcha. Absolutely. Like it, the more time you take to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to get, you know, this is the longer time, you know, you're, these are time sensitive a lot of times with install dates and hotels and, um, you're trying to get the same plane out there. And so definitely trying to understand and, and from a designer point of view, you know, if they show you a, a rug and they're like, we like this kind of look, understanding why they like that look. It, it might not be the actual design. It might be that it's hand hand drawn and the lines being a little wavy, making it that antique look. Um, and, and it might not actually be the exact design. Um, so it, understanding what the feel they're trying to get and, and doing all that as, as best as possible without going back, you know, back and forth, um, is, is definitely helpful. I would say also, you know, not just knowledge, not just the, the skill of just designing, like creating an, an illustration or, or making a piece of art, it definitely, um, product information, understanding whatever product you're talking about. Maybe we're not talking about rugs. It could be somewhat, you know, pillows or, lighting within hospitality, but knowing a little bit about the product, I think is definitely in, um, important because um, it all goes back to understanding, you know, what the client needs. Um, and it's, it's not just drawing out the CAD to look well, but it's understanding, well, this CAD's going to, you know, this is going on this construction um, and this is what they need for the space. And so understanding you know, it's not just about sitting down and drawing. It's also understanding where that application is going and um, and being translated digitally for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, I think for all the designers out there, though, if they were to, like, come and present, you know, their portfolio to you, um, I think sometimes for designers, they're like, well, even if I have, you know, logos, for example, it shows that I can design but like that might not translate to textiles and hospitality, for example. So yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you opened their portfolio book, like what would you want to see? What would make you feel super confident in this designer? Would you need to see actual rug designs, like your specific product? Would you want to see more like non-objective designs, like textural things, things like that? If we, if someone came to me to show me, um, seeing the story of how they came to that design, 
like okay you can draw this i see that but let me see how you got there let me see what you started with like if you're doing if it's logo like if they don't have you know logos okay well what you worked did logos for um for a company what did how did you what ideas did they give you and how did you get to this point let me see how you worked with your client don't just show me the final final piece mm-hmm. show me the mood board or the or the or just the story, the inspiration, the full story of how you got there, so I can see how you, tra- you how you tra- your mind translates. To kind get of show to- the creative thinking, the process. Yeah, the creative thinking process of it. Um, um, how because that's definitely important. Because, like he said, we don't. Sometimes we get hardly any direction on what we need, and translating that to the final piece um, and reading minds in a way. Yeah. <laughs> is important and so seeing that full um circle piece you know um from the inspiration to the final piece um would be definitely a great way to show um your portfolio yeah i think we can i I think you could teach uh just about anybody the specifics of hospitality rugs you know or any hospitality product but i think what you you know what we would want to see in a portfolio would be um, just that untapped creative potential just thinking outside of the box I mean a lot of times that's what this requires it requires uh, coming with a solution that um, because there may be a budgetary constraint on what they want to do um, and you've got to like be a creative thinker and be able to translate a design Um, sometimes for instance you know um, we may have a really complex design that the construction or the size limitations for a particular rug won't allow you to to do it as detailed but they still got to be able to express that same general look and feel um, just maybe at a much much smaller scale so that's important Gotcha. Okay, so this question is for Katie. So what are some up and coming trends um, that you see coming more specifically into the hospitality segment and how do you do your trend research? This is exciting because we're actually currently talking a lot about this, working on (laughs) trends for 2020. it's definitely different in trend researching than what I've done in the past working in residential work than hospitality work. Um, it's it's going a lot to looking to see what's like what's out there and and what is um, in hotels currently, of course, um, and what we're seeing across the board with different hotels or other installations. Um, and then it's also being really. Um, having a good conversation with all of yours or we talk a lot with our sales reps um what are they seeing because they're sitting down and talking to the designers regularly they have other lines too that's hospitality what are they seeing so we talk a lot with them about what colors what other design jobs um um what we're seeing out there and there's been some really exciting things that we are working on within our um trends our our 2020 trends And, and like i kind of talked about before we see a lot going on right now is like people bringing nature inside okay mm-hmm. outside in um, cool. what, um and it can be in all different forms it can be from a, a beachside resort to um something more jungle-esque but bringing like it's not just bringing that more authentic experience by going there and doing things outside but they're bringing that inside and the it, the installations and the and the way that the architecture is is just astoundingly beautiful in the way that they're bringing 
it's not just bringing plants in, it's it's the different materials that they're using, the way that the architecture is designed. Um, so we're seeing a lot more of that. And then mm -hmm. the rugs and the colors, you know, you're seeing a lot more of warmer colors warming up the more modern, cool kind of looks that we've had in the past. You know, they're really cool, modern, very empty, and filling that space with a little bit more warmth where we see, um, and that could be with the colors of, of with, with rug colors or paint colors, but also like just bringing in like um, driftwood into spaces and like the, you know, um, different aspects of the furniture um, that you see across um, the, the space that they're designing within. Um, and then that also brings in, we see a lot of that home away from home type feel, which is something that we've been talking about a lot, mm -hmm. um, is making you feel at home where you are. And that really eclectic kind of feel of, of different aspects of the hotel with the town around them. Um, okay. And it, it can change from place to place to place, um, but it always is rich in color and rich in life in a way, you know? It's, um, it, it, it's so you're, you feel like you're home, although you're not. And um, we've seen a lot more of that, a lot of like these different pattern on pattern on pattern, which is <laughs> a little bit different than what you see in residential, definitely, I feel like. Um, it doesn't always work well when you see pattern on pattern on pattern, um, but, these spaces that um, that we're seeing more and more of it from and when you say pattern on pattern it's not just like fabric patterns it can be from like the marble and the tile in the room and and the carpet right. and the rug you know there's so many different textures that go on in the space and we're seeing a lot of that more mix where you regularly wouldn't see it and it's really kind of exciting how they meld together um, so there's a really a lot of exciting trends that we're seeing in hospitality and we've been actually working on our trends for 2020, um, getting, getting these together and finding, and finding them out. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love doing trend research. It's always inspiring. Well, we're, we're, we're a little, we're, we're a little lucky because, um, you know, the projects that are coming to us right now, uh, they won't deliver to the property until October, November, December of this year. So when Katie says 2020, really we're talking 2021 um, because we work so far out. And then by the time um, uh, they're actually installed in the space or in the rooms and then the marketing photos are done and you know <laughs> the photos end up on the websites and things, um, the things that we're working on right now, you'll actually start to see next year. So it's always interesting too, because we're working on projects from um, a lot of different areas of the country. So when you start seeing these themes that, you know, uh, a designer in Philadelphia and a designer in San Diego, California have the same, basically the same color palette, then, uh, you know, you've got something. And uh, right. one of the things that we're finding is the beiges, the grays are still very important. Um, but the a lot of blues, uh, a lot of greens that will make their way in next year. Um, mm -hmm. And, the greens are uh, interesting. I feel like that's definitely new. Like, whereas blues and grays have kind of, I don't know about hospitality, but in residential yeah. for sure, that's been popular for a while. And I was going to ask, of course, gray is still going to be probably popular, but do you see the gray kind of being phased out a little bit or starting to be, like you mentioned, the more warm colors, Katie? definitely have, you know, yeah, we have gray. Grays is definitely something we continue. But yeah, I feel like we see more of the warmer grays not the cooler, yeah. you know, it's more not totes the and... that 
Yeah, definitely yeah. warmer grays, and they're even paired sometimes with some soft beiges. You know, um, gotcha. not the beiges aren't too yellow. They're still, gotcha. they're still, you know, on the cooler side. But it's like there is that, there is that kind of going towards. And I agree with the greens. You know, turquoise was there for a bit, and, and we still still see some turquoise, and we see some blushes, and you do see some blushes mm -hmm. and, and, and rusts that come in as a okay. you know, responding color, um, and navies and blues, but it is interesting to see green, like actually green. Green, yeah. <laughs> you know? but it, it all comes back to that nature, I, you know, that, that yeah. bringing that outside inside, it, it, you bring, you get the greens of all different color, which is, is, is exciting to see. Um, but especially yeah. now, especially now with everybody spending so much time inside right now, that's going to yep. become a bigger <laughs> thing that, uh, yeah, bringing outside in. So. Yeah, that is so true. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, uh, a couple of years ago, for those of you who are watching, I used to work in, I used to design rugs as well, but more for the residential side. And I kept trying to bring in the greens, especially for outdoor rugs and my bosses were just like so scared of it. They were like, oh no, like no one's gonna buy this. And it probably was a little too early, but <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad to see it's finally coming around. Well, definitely too. When we were Not now. <laughs> you know, picking the right greens. It's like, it is, it is coming from working, you know, working residential well as well. Cause I know that, you know, I worked back in residential a few years ago too. It is kind of like, Oh, I'm picking out greens, but this is this green too olive, 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 that olive color, you know, like, or is this green too moss or is this green? It, it kind of, when you sit to get to the greens, you do get a little bit like, oh, turquoise, that's safe. Or like, maybe that's safe. Right. You know? Or celadon um, is like, I mean, even that was probably a little too much for them at the time, but it's um, probably so quiet it, enough. Picking <laughs> out the greens, but, but it, it's, it, they really I don't know that's one of my favorite palettes that we came out with when our with our trends. I think like the yeah and the beige and the grays all working together really nicely. It's dumb. <laughs> okay, so this next question is also for Katie. Uh, what types of software do designers need to know to be able to work in hospitality, or do you would you say it's kind of different for every company? I would say many companies have their own. They actually have their own proprietary, like their own software that you'll have to learn. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I think basic knowledge of Illustrator and Photoshop is where you can 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 work from. Um, you yeah. know, there's there's Texel, which is great, um, that works with Xmixer and that kind of like um, large format. Um, but you don't need, I think, to entry into this, you don't need to have that knowledge. If you go into a company, they they'll train you um, with whatever. Yeah whatever pro, you know category that they have or if you're trying to design something and sell like licensee wise you don't need to have that type of um, that type of programming I think that just having the basic the basic underlying of like Illustrator and Photoshop you know having clear understanding of repeats and clear right. understanding of like you know um, vectors and layouts and um, gritting out things like that then you're you're pretty that's a good basis. Of. Yeah, I get that question a lot on online just from people wanting to know. And I, I would say the exact same thing, at least from my experience, Photoshop and Illustrator really translate well if you do need to learn another program, but companies know that you're not necessarily learning Textel in, you know, in college or whatever. So they're fine to train you on that. But yeah, all right. Okay, the next question is for Tom. And so how do handmade goods play a role in hospitality, um, especially with the bulletproof quality um, that you were talking about? And do you see a rise in demand 
for handmade products or are you just working with a specific niche that is more geared towards handmade? Uh, a lot of it comes down to budget and um, believe it or not, um, we, we do have a wide range of products that, uh, that fit a wide range of price points, so, um, which is helpful. Uh, we do a lot of work at the upper end, the boutique type properties uh, versus a lot of the cookie cutter chains. Um, a lot of times the, um, the moderately priced properties are looking to hit tight budgets. And so sometimes handmade uh, is a little out of their reach and they have to go okay. with standard, you know, carpets and rugs and things like that that are more machine made and less handmade. But, okay. um, but we do a pretty good job of value engineering even when it comes to handmade products. And so uh, I hope to see more of it. Again, I think there's a kind of a misperception out there that, you know, oh, we can't afford handmade, but that's not always the case, so. Gotcha. Yeah, I love seeing more handmade products and just that, I don't know, you're employing people even if it's overseas rather than just running a machine. Um, okay, well, uh, Tom, do you also see Art of Floors expanding into other categories or would you ever offer pillows or upholstery fabrics or any other type of products? Your name is Art of Floors, so <laughs> I was curious. I didn't really about think that. about it when we, when we named the company. <laughs> yeah, we kind of pigeonholed ourselves, didn't we? Um, no, you know, it's funny, we started this to do hospitality rugs and okay. um, I'd, our goal is to be the very best in the world at that. And I would rather be great at one thing than be mm -hmm. mediocre at a lot of different things. Gotcha. And so uh, right now, that really is our focus. Now, if one day we wake up and I say we are the undisputed heavyweight champs of this and nobody is even close to us uh, and we're a little bored, so let's, uh, let's, let's explore some other product categories. Or, you know, who knows? I mean, um, sometimes our design customers will challenge us and say, hey, I'm looking for XYZ and I can't find it anywhere else. You can't. Can you help with this? Then um, certainly we're not just going to say no. It's not a rug, and um, so no, absolutely not. But uh, in yeah. terms of like a strategic direction, I think right now we're just going to focus on being the very, 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 very best at um, at this. So. So this is kind of another question that I just thought of um, and didn't prepare you with, but perfect. Um, in that in that realm, it made me think of: Are you guys doing a lot of like new product development within hospitality as well, like in terms of the construction, or are you kind of just working with? Okay, these are the things that are bulletproof, so we're gonna stick with what we know. Or no, we, we are absolutely trying to um, uh, push the envelope in terms of fibers and densities and things like that. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Viscose is a fiber that is used a lot in residential, but it's not a great fiber for um, for hospitality constructions. It's, uh, you know, it's got that high sheen that viscose, viscose has that high sheen, um, kind of faux silk kind of thing. Um, but it just, it, it sheds, it stains it. So uh, we've been using a lot of tinsel, uh, which is a, a more durable, same kind of sheen, but a lot more durable fiber. Uh, that's one thing. And um, uh, as simple as it may sound, Katie hit on, hit on it earlier, um, just even different textures and different pile heights and combinations of cuts, loops, um, piles, things like that, pile heights and things like that, just to, uh, uh, to introduce things that people really haven't seen uh, 
uh, at least on a regular basis, you know, um, you can get some really cool three-dimensional looks, uh, uh, even in handmade products. So uh, we challenge our partners even to bring new constructions to us uh, when they develop something new to to to, to let us give some input and some uh, have some ownership in that too. So awesome! Well, that's really exciting. Um... Congrats on Art of Floors and everything. And Katie, I have one more question for you because we do have so many listeners and, and viewers that are designers. And so I'd love for you to just kind of walk us through your career as a designer because you have such an interesting story and you definitely made some major sacrifices like being long distance from your now husband for quite a while. And so um, I, I kind of wanted you to just give advice to designers that maybe are struggling to get a job or struggling to find that great opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, just walk us through kind of your story as in your career and then give so, some advice to. So my thing is I never expected to go into home decor. You know, I, <laughs> I spent like six months abroad doing tailoring in Germany abroad, during my schooling, like costume. And um, I thought textile design was gonna be in fashion based, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but as a, you know, when you graduate and you're an entry level and you're looking for that opportunity, it's all about just going for it. You know, I think that's the big thing is don't, if it's not something that it's exactly what you thought that you want or you think that you plan to do, it, it, if it's a great opportunity to just try it and go for it and put everything into it, don't, don't shy away. And that's pretty much what happened with me. You know, I, I found an opportunity far away from where my life was <laughs> right. um, at the time, but I knew that it was a great opportunity. It was totally off, you know, home decor. I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, and, it, but it was an up in, you know, as a, an, a younger company up and coming. And I knew that if I got in there, I could, you know, learn. That's basically like, you're not stopping learning once you leave school, you're, you're continuing constantly, even now, like continuing to learn. So, you know, I took the jump and did that. And yeah, I was living far away from my life up in, you know, hundreds of miles away, but I learned so much and, and I took every day learning. I took, if, if you working at a company, taking the initiative and just, isn't just about taking initiative, but I, I did, pro, I did jobs and projects people didn't want to do. I, you know, like if they didn't really want to, you know, that didn't seem so as glamorous or they didn't want to do that. I was like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, just, I'll do it. You know, to every, anything could be a, a chance to learn. So that's kind of yeah. the attitude that I took at it from. Um, and because of that, I feel like because of that, I had a lot more freedom and I had a lot more opportunities and I learned about some really cool, I learned about hospitality. I learned about, you know, different um, areas um, across the board and I, every day was learning more. And, and then there came times where you kind of had to make the harder decision to say, okay, well, am I, am I learning anymore? Or am I just at this point kind of stagnant? I need to either jump off the boat here and find something else to continue myself learning or, you know, um, what are the next steps? Um, you know, never coming complacent with constantly wanting to try and learn new things. So, you know, that's, that's kind of, um, the attitude I've always had. I've, I've, I find it really important that, I mean, I know not everyone's working in a company. Some people are freelance or, or different um, options, mm -hmm. but working at a company, I thought I found that really important for designers not to be in their own head, in their own office, and not 
uh, all communicating with anyone else outside. You know, I felt like it's really important to understand all aspects of the business. And if you have a chance to go out and talk to a marketing or talk to a sales or talk to other jobs, or if you're working freelance and you have a client, understanding all the other things the client's thinking about because they're thinking about sales and costs and logistics and all this other stuff. And the more you can understand about those things and kind of be a part of it when you can, will always help you down the line. So being kind of in your own space and not understanding or taking part in that, if there's a chance to work in their department, like working between departments, working with another department, learning about other departments, um, soaking all that up, I think is really important. And not just at one company. I think that as I left and went to different companies, their business models, how they worked um, was really interesting and taught me a lot. Um, mm -hmm from companies that might work in big box versus, you know, um, you know, smaller, more boutique or different things like that. It, how that all worked really was a, was, was just a great, a different way to learn. Um, and so I definitely, I think that that's really important for a designer. I know that a lot of times we really like to just kind of, you know, <laughs> let's do our own. Yeah. I think that's the hardest lesson a lot of times for, entry-level designers is that they want to do their own style or they don't always understand, you know, that you're designing for the client or when you have to imagine what the client would want. For example, when, when we all work together at the wholesale company, it's, you know, we didn't necessarily have direct contact with clients. So we had to kind of envision what, you know, what would the client want? And Katie, you took up the whole, um, the whole construction of machine made at that time. Everyone was like, Oh, we want to do hand knotted and I was like I'll do, it. I'll do it I'll do it whatever you know like it's not the most glamorous it's not the most exciting and it's not the highest price point but I said I'll do it you know and and what was really great about that was it kind of just left me to do it and and mm -hmm. I learned so much that way right. um you know and if you have the chance to talk to clients or to talk to sales, I think that's really important. I always found, I know shows are not that exciting sometimes for a designer, but that is the time that you're able to be closest to your client, like who's buying your design, right? right? Mm -hmm. And talking to them and understanding why and understanding like the cost and the price points, you know, if you, you, you have, you have having that understanding, I think can go so far and it can be exciting if you, if you approach it from an exciting point of view, you of know, course, yeah. that it's, um, it's another thing to tackle a challenge of figuring out and problem solving of how to get what, what's needed. Um, it, 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 it can be really exciting. So sometimes I know like, you know, we don't want to, <laughs> I, I get that too, and I get really focused when you're designing. You get really focused sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And no, I, I think I think you actually inspired me because the next company I went to, it was the same type of thing where everyone wanted to work on wool tufted, um, and you know there were already a couple of girls working on that, and so they needed somebody to do outdoor, and nobody wanted to do it because the polypropylene yarns were not the best colors, and we like were all vertically integrated, so it was but I was like okay I'll do it and like I kind of took that same approach and it ended up being really fun and you um you do kind of end up becoming more creative when you have those weird boundaries like you figure out ways to make it look good yeah and and then they um challenged Katie with working on hospitality with me <laughs> and everybody in the place thought that we were like gonna kill each other and the funny thing is when I decided decided to do art of floors the first person I called was Katie so that's Aww. uh 
Yeah, so I couldn't yeah. have, we couldn't have done it without her for sure being there from the very beginning. It was, you know, and it's and it's so different working on a collection like um, as residential when you're thinking about your customer and how how and you're creating because after I left, you know, the work where we worked together, I went to another company and I and I was the only design, you know, I head up their entire design department and mm -hmm. create their catalog for them. And so when you're creating a whole collection for a season, it's so that you're, you're, you know, who you're trying to design for, make sure you hit these price points and make sure you have a design at all these price points. And it's such a different thing than hospitality where you have these individual products that projects that came, come to you and you can put so much more like, like thought into each of them and like executing mm -hmm. what the client wants. Um, it's, it's a total, it's a, it's a very, there's a lot of similarities, but there's just a lot of differences in that type of mind frame of designing for a specific client versus designing for like the entire retail, you know, like who, who, you know, for a Right, right. Cause it's one space and you're, you're doing it for one client versus like everyone across America <laughs> who might right. be buying this drug. Right. Yeah. And, and with that, you have full collections and you have, um, you know, you're you're trying to hit these different looks but with the client you're trying to hit what that one person wants and they probably aren't very good at telling you what they want you know they have oh i want this but then what is this you know so <laughs> um <laughs> it's, so it's it's definitely um it, it it has its own difficulties um right. but you know that work you know through the companies that i've worked at understanding logistics and cost and you know um that it, all those things come in big play even in this industry like across the board if you can understand those aspects which is what your client's also going to be worrying about it's going to benefit you greatly yeah um, so one thing I want to mention too, I think it's important that we all collectively kind of bring up this next generation of uh, designers and artists. And uh, one of the things that's important to us, one of the things that we're doing is taking a portion of the proceeds or the profits from every project and um, donating it to art teachers, specifically to oh, art awesome. teachers through Donors Choose. Uh, you can go to Donors Choose and see, um, you know, different uh, art art teachers at underfunded schools that have cut the art programs, which just tears my heart out. You know. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> see, Katie. Um, yeah. So we did with Baltimore, and I, I when Thomas sent me. The email saying like you know the project that we had did funded this Baltimore one I cried like this is you know to feel that to, to feel that is like you know well for these kids for some of these kids in some of these schools to not have an opportunity to have an art class or um, it's, just all, it's, it's almost unthinkable. Yeah, it really is almost unthinkable. And uh, one of my favorite projects that we participated in, there was a, a special needs teacher in Brooklyn, New York, who wanted to paint murals on the school walls. And, uh, and we were able to support that. So yeah, it's good awesome. stuff. It's fun stuff. So. That's one of the first things that he made sure happen. I mean, I feel like, like when you set up Art of Floors, like that is an immediate thing that you wanted to make sure happen that we gave back in some way. Yeah, yeah. So. I love that. Well, you guys are so creative and it's awesome that, you know, you have this mission as well. So, um, I love talking to you guys and I'm excited to work for you or work with you in the future. Um, so is there anything else you want to add about art of floors or kind of about hospitality that we maybe didn't cover? 
I can't think of anything. No, we're super excited to have um, the opportunity to work with you too and appreciate you allowing us to be part of your show that you do. And um, so, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome and we'll be in touch. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Okay. Bye, guys. Right, see ya. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Design Tribe podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Here comes the part where I need to ask you for a little favor. Help a sister out. Next time you're in iTunes, please leave a rating and a review. Seriously. Please? It only takes a few seconds and it would quite literally make my day. For real, it helps this podcast get found so that other awesome people like you can join the dialogue and connect with each other. And as a quick reminder, you can watch the video version of most podcast episodes too. To get notifications, head over to laurenlesley.com slash webinar dash series. And remember that Leslie is spelled with an E-Y. Or check out the Design Tribe Facebook group where I'll be streaming on Facebook Live as well. Have a great day, a great attitude, and a great life. Talk soon.